Welcome to the Tapping Solution Podcast. I'm Alex Ortner, and along with my brother Nick and my sister Jessica, we've helped millions of people around the world for over 10 years to transform their lives. And all using the brain rewiring, energy shifting, out of this world amazing technique known as tapping. Each week, I'll be sharing information, strategies, tapping, and at times inspiring interviews, all to help you live your best life. One in four girls and one in six boys will be sexually abused before they reach age 18. This statistic is staggering and deeply troubling, especially when you consider that every 92 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted, and every nine minutes, that victim is a child. Meanwhile, only five out of every 1,000 perpetrators will end up in prison. While only half of 1% end up in prison, the victims are often left to feel imprisoned by their experience with lifelong feelings of guilt, shame, anger, and other negative emotions that severely limit their ability to feel safe and free to live the life they want. Which is why I have a very special guest on today's podcast with me. She is not only an EFT tapping expert and trauma specialist, she's also my very loving and amazing wife, Karen Ortner. The audio you'll hear in just a minute was a live masterclass that the two of us ran for the 7,000 members in the Tapping Insiders Club. But since this is such an important topic that impacts so many, I wanted to share it to a wider audience. Since this was originally recorded as a Facebook Live, I've made edits to take out some of the regular pauses that come with those, such as reading comments and answering specific questions, to leave you with the meat of the conversation. During this session, you'll hear specific things you can do right now to use tapping to heal from sexual trauma. You'll also be taken through a wonderful grounding process and two rounds of tapping one led by me, and one by Karen. If you are trying to heal from sexual trauma, make sure to also go to karenortner.com to download her free guide called The Five Things You Need to Know to Start Healing from Sexual Trauma. Again, that's karenortner.com, K-A-R-E-N-O-R-T-N-E-R.com. And if you know of anyone who is struggling with the effects of sexual trauma on their life, please share this podcast with them as tapping can help them to heal and release the emotional burden of past sexual abuse. So let's go ahead and jump into this audio where I'm talking to Karen about our different childhoods. Enjoy. Karen and I really grew up in what I would call radically different life and home experiences. You know, uh, I consider myself to be extremely lucky that I had two loving, wonderful parents. I mean, with normal issues of of growing up and having a, you know, crazy three kids growing up with Nick and Jessica and probably torturing us. We tortured Jessica the most, to be fair. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But Karen grew up in a totally different environment. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what your environment was like growing up? It was not safe at all. I think I I just felt fear every single day. It was um, unsafe in a lot of regards. Uh, My father was alcoholic, um, a lot of physical violence, a lot of emotional violence, if you can call it that. It's what it felt like in my nervous system and a lot of sexual abuse too. And so really that colored every minute of the day. I I found safety in school and I was a good student. um, And that was kind of where I found that solace, but the home life was, was not, not so great. Yeah. So lots of trauma, lots of trauma. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's something that I think that if it hadn't been for my experience of being with Karen, I mean, we talked about how mm-hmm. these things happen for a reason that I really wouldn't have an understanding of this topic the way that I do, because, mm-hmm. uh, I can't say that I have experience in, in experiencing it, but I have a lot of experience in seeing 
the impact that it has on a person's life and seeing, right. you know, the, what it's like to be triggered, to be dissociating. You know, I've done a lot of work with Karen, you know, not only in sitting down and saying, Hey, let's do a tapping session, but also just in the everyday moments of life where something is going on with her, where the trauma is coming up, where she's being triggered and I'm having to, to go, okay, well, what can I do to help here? And I, I definitely feel grateful all the time to have, for having the tools that we have like tapping because it definitely is very challenging in a relationship when the partner doesn't understand what the other person is going through. Right. And I think that that's a big part of this whole journey is maybe you're here today because of something you yourself have gone through, or maybe it's also because um, your your spouse or your partner or another loved one is going through something and you want to better understand how to support them. That's a big part of, of what Alex has always done with me and for me and, and just having that person there to guide you when you are not at your best self when you're triggered dissociated those things is is really really helpful and powerful yeah. yeah yeah so you know i wrote down a goal you know we were planning ahead of time what our goal was going to be for today and our goal is to give a deeper understanding of what trauma really is what the healing journey from trauma from sexual abuse uh, is like and how to go about creating safety and we'll we'll talk a little bit about um I mean, I think we did, we actually didn't talk about this in our pre-planning, but just about like little T and big T with trauma mm -hmm. um, and exactly what the difference is. Because I know, you know, for, for some people who are listening to this, you know, there might be some people that had childhood abuse, might be some, somebody who had a one-off incident, uh, like a rape or just even an attempted rape or t attempted incident, or, you know, they just had other small traumas. And I think it's important to kind of talk a little bit about what trauma is mm -hmm. and, and again how it how it affects us but i actually think so let's do this before before we go into talking about trauma i'd love for you to do a little grounding process for us sure thing yeah um, that's a good because idea. this is definitely a, a topic where you know we have to be very aware of how we're feeling and 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 with trauma it's typically something that we always recommend working with a coach karen is a coach she coaches people with this it's just because it is difficult when you're being triggered when you're dissociating when you're in the throes of something happening it's difficult to be able to do it on your own and and to tap when you're at that level 10 of being triggered in some way and, and so why don't we if you don't mind leading us Absolutely. in a little bit of a grounding yeah. process we can do that first right yeah. and so Thank you for that. I yep. think the, the first thing I want to draw attention to is the self-care that we need when we approach this topic today. And so what that what does that mean, right? It means that if our activation, if our breathing, if our adrenaline starts going, and I would say anywhere from a three or four up, we're going to keep our eyes open during this initial process, okay, this grounding process. We're going to be very aware of our own nervous system and what we might need, right? So that means if you're feeling a little overwhelmed and you need to take a breather, maybe you need to mute this for a second or step away and maybe watch the replay later, that's all absolutely fine. Number one thing today is self-care and knowing that this is can be a very activating, triggering topic for people. Okay. So with that being said, you can either choose to um, close your eyes if that feels right to you during this process or keep them open if, like I said, you do feel a little bit triggered or your breathing's a little bit shallow and fluttery, okay? So with that, take a nice deep breath in, as deep as you can manage right now. And let it out. And we'll do that one more time, okay? So a nice deep breath in. 
letting that go. And then we're going to bring our awareness down to our feet. We're going to start with our feet because they're a good place for grounding. And just notice how your toes feel in your shoes or if you have bare feet right now. Just notice how the ground feels underneath your feet. Feeling that solid, feeling the floor connecting. Maybe it feels cool or warm or you can feel the carpet or rug. And when you have that sense, we're going to move up and just notice our legs. These legs that have supported us and are here for us. Maybe they're feeling solid today and strong. And maybe not. And however our legs are feeling, that's absolutely fine. We're just noticing. And we're going to come up and we're going to check out how our legs are contacting our butt as we sit on the chair and how that support feels. Maybe we're feeling cozy with our back against the seat and feeling supported. Maybe taking a minute to adjust how we're sitting if that feels good. Noticing our neck and shoulders now. Maybe rolling them. And taking really small movements side to side with our head and neck. Taking that minute just to be with any tension or stress of the day that's in our shoulders and neck now. Remembering that we're breathing still. And noticing how our face is showing up. Is it feeling tight around our eyes maybe? Stretching out the jaw, moving that from side to side, opening our mouth ever so slightly. Maybe closing our eyes and opening them if that feels good, just to allow some movement in the muscles. Mm -hmm. And as we feel that feeling, knowing that we're coming into our body just for a moment, we see how our spine is feeling, how it's supporting us one vertebrae on top of the other, the building blocks, the support of our body. Maybe we're feeling thankful to our spine, or maybe we're feeling some pain or discomfort from stress and tension, and all of it is okay. We're meeting our body exactly where it is right now. And we come down into our abdomen area, noticing whether we're digesting right now after lunch or if there's any tension or stress in there. And just being with whatever is with us right now. Breathing into that area of the body. And taking a moment to notice the place in our body that feels the most connected, the most strong, the most safe right now. Maybe that's in one pinky finger or one eyelash, or maybe it's the whole of your torso. Whatever that is for you is the exact right place. And taking another breath into that area now. Feeling strong, connected and safe, knowing that at any point during this call, you can return to that area of your body. It's your safety anchor, if you like. 
knowing that you're doing your best right now. And right now, we are safe. And opening your eyes and rejoining us as and when you're ready. That was awesome. <laughs> you're back with us? I'm back with, I'm back with <laughs> us now. I thought that was really nice to actually just be here mm -hmm. and... Right. and be guided mm -hmm. um sounds really nice and mm -hmm. as we said just before that it is really important with this work to ground yourself um yeah. i think one of the reasons why we haven't done a lot of this in the tapping stars club is because it is a deeper topic uh, a bigger topic and so it's important that as you do this, that you're just aware of your current situation, of being grounded. If you are at any point feeling like you need additional help, we need to pull away from this, please do that. And just know, you know, when it comes to topics like this with trauma, that there is, you know, on the deep end of it, suicidal ideations and things like that. And if you need help, then contact the appropriate help that you need mm -hmm. uh, if that is something that comes up for you. So what we wanna start doing is to talk a little bit about trauma. Why don't we, you know, do you mind talking a little bit about, you know, big T and little T, like we kind of said we would talk about? Sure, yeah. So little T covers everything from um, a bad day at school, a rough day in the office, a fallout with a colleague or a spouse and things like that that can feel very stressful, um, right to maybe a fender bender, things like that. Um, what I will say is that it's all relative. So um, whether it's little t or big t is in the eye, eye of the beholder, meaning it's it's up to the individual. If it feels traumatic to them, then it most definitely is. So that's where we begin with that. And big t things are stuff like uh, natural disasters, a, a more major car accident, a sexual trauma, um, other things like that, like surviving an armed robbery, lots of lots of bigger things. And, and I think what's important, yeah, those are those are the classifications, but I think an important thing to, to distinguish is, that, is just that it has to do with the emotional system and how it feels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes you can have something that feels totally insignificant, but has a huge traumatic effect on you and your ability to feel safe. Mm -hmm. And Sometimes you can have bigger events that you processed, um, that your nervous system processed in a different way and allowed to process. And so it doesn't feel as traumatic. Right. So what the trauma has to do with is how it was processed. Maybe you can talk yeah. about that with, with that's that. That's a good point because I think that a lot of it actually has to do with if we're active in, in what happens. So the more active states are fight and flight because say we're, we're running away from something, we actually escape. Our body is allowed to complete its, its defensive orienting. We're allowed to complete what we needed to do to survive. Um, the more passive states, and we call it that if we freeze, you are not doing anything. You're in a frozen, paralyzed state. That is when a lot of times um, someone can have a more traumatic response to an incident. So that's why you might see three or four people who go through the exact same experience and one person is heavily traumatized and the others are not that has to do with how their emotional system reacted how their nervous system reacted and and what they were able to do in completing those fight or flight responses you know so much of the work that we do with tapping especially what we're going to do today because one of the challenges with tapping you know if you've heard me talk about the tapping tree before where we have you know the the emotions and the the events and the limiting beliefs 
we really kind of start off on the on the top layer of that with with what we're feeling we're we're not going to go into events today because specifically because we're not there with you right we're not there to be able to guide you on your specific events and to know you know when it's time to to move forward and pull back and that's really important with trauma work to be able to do that and so we'll be talking about some of the peripheral stuff and i know that one of the big things that we've done whenever you've been triggered or dissociating is is really getting to being in the here and now yeah. as opposed to you know the the trauma response in the nervous system the nervous system cannot tell the difference between hey this is happening now versus this happened 20 years ago or five years ago whenever that happened and so, so much of the work we do is to go, hey, how can we get the brain and the nervous system to recognize that what we're feeling, the lack of safety, the, the, the fear response that we have has nothing to do with the here and now, but it has to do with back then. How do we get the brain and body to recognize that we are safe mm -hmm. in the now? Again, that is provided that you are safe now. It's one of the, we didn't mention yeah. mm -hmm. is that with any of this kind of work, yeah. uh, if we're going to be working on trying to create safety, but you're still in a situation where you have abuse, verbal, sexual, whatever it might be, where you don't feel safe, it's not going to be easy or possible to go into that sense of safety right. because your body's still in that fight, active flight, or state, phase, yeah, active state right, yeah. um, in that moment. So what, what, can, what else can you say about that, about, you know, getting into the here and now with what's happening uh, in any time we're, we're triggered or, or working on trauma. Right. It's a, it's like you said, it's um, I describe it as unenmeshing. We're unentangling the fact that our nervous system doesn't know that we survived and the event is over. And so it's really working painstakingly. I describe it like, um, you know, a bowl of spaghetti. We pull out one strand, but the rest is all still muddled in the bowl. We've got to work on enough, pulling out enough little tiny pieces for us to get the fact that we're safe and we're in the here and now and that can take repeated work you know it's not something that happens overnight i want to add, so i've been copying and pasting a few oh. questions just because okay. otherwise they disappear on the mm -hmm. screen so one of the questions was uh but if someone's history is that they froze uh will it be more difficult to recover mm -hmm. not necessarily the freeze just means that um when we are activated, okay, we our nervous system, we have two branches. We have the stress response branch, which is a sympathetic system, right? And then the parasympathetic, which is the rest and digest. When we're triggered, when we're activated in trauma, the sympathetic system, the stress response goes higher and higher and higher like this. When it reaches a certain point, the threshold, we just collapse into freeze. Okay, and that means when we are doing this recovery work, what we have to do is come back safely out of the freeze response, because underneath of that, if you can imagine, there's a huge amount of survival energy that's trapped underneath the freeze. We need to safely discharge that response. Otherwise, it can be a bit messy and re-traumatizing. So we have to be very aware and very careful with that. But it doesn't mean that it takes longer and it doesn't mean that it's a harder journey. It's just a different one. Okay. Yeah. So is there, is there a difference? I mean, I know, you know, from you with childhood trauma, mm -hmm. uh, you haven't had all your memories and, no. mm -mm. and what, cause you've researched this more than I have mm -hmm. yours. She's more the expert than I am <laughs> on this. Um, is there a difference in somebody's ability to remember the experiences if, is if they had, if they had systemic long-term childhood abuse? 
Is it harder to remember if it was a yeah, is there Yeah, is there research um, or, or showing that it is harder if you've added... Right. I think it just, it, it truly depends on each individual. Some people remember every single detail. Some yeah. people remember absolutely nothing except that the body remembers, yes. right? So it is encoded in our nervous system still. The recovery in that case looks different. It's about um, working with the body and the stored emotions and, and sensations that might be trapped within the body and the cells and um, dis-ease in the body and things like that that may be showing up. Um, what else? Yeah. Um, um, no, I think I think that's great. And I think, yeah. you know, one point I would add to that, you know, for somebody who doesn't necessarily remember all their experiences, because this oh, has yeah. been with you for a long time, is is the internal questioning right. that you have of, of was this real? Mm -hmm. Or and again, we'll get into the self-judgment and shame. Mm -hmm. Was this my fault? And that kind of stuff. Right. The, the other piece of that with the memory, with not remembering is, is, as Alex was saying, with the limbic system, when we are that activated, the hippocampus, the part of the brain that is involved in and stamping a time a date and all the details like that that happen within a traumatic event goes offline so that's why things loop that's why we can have flashbacks and keep being triggered as if it's still continuing because there isn't an end point right that is stamped and that's that's the part of the brain that is responsible for encoding it and, and storing the memories so that is where the memory and the event gets separated and that's really a very 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 clever survival strategy because if something is that overwhelming, we don't want to be remembering it for survival's sake. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so let me just look at the, some of the comments here. Um, so one of the comments that I had seen there and I didn't write who wrote it, but said, I can definitely relate to the, to the dissociation. It makes uh -huh. me sad that I can't feel the positive emotions. Suffered a rape about 30 years ago, had a visceral experience during a detox when my husband and I were trying to be intimate. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know what? I, I didn't, I hadn't read the whole comment. Why don't, can we comment a little bit about yeah, the effects of intimacy? Yeah. Um, and we'll get into doing some tapping. Mm -hmm. Uh, hopefully if this is valuable for you, cause I know we're doing a lot of information stuff, right. but I think it's so important and I will recommend that if you're interested in going deeper on this stuff, go to Karen's website, karenortner.com. And she just, we just finished working on a new guide, uh, called the five things you need to to know to start, start healing, healing from, from sexual, sexual trauma, trauma yeah. which is really awesome. Um, but let's let's talk about that about intimacy and because yeah. you know that that comment of I had a visceral experience mm -hmm. during intimacy yeah. you had and I've seen. Yes. Um, yeah. So, and, so talk about just to remind people again, if this is activating for you, just know that you're not alone. You're safe right here, right now. Okay. And if you need to do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself, then go ahead and do that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember having one experience where I left the here and now and I imagined, or not imagined, but I felt like there was somebody else coming into the room, a perpetrator. And I completely lost every sense of now and terrified you. Oh yeah, I remember your face. Yeah, I remember how you yeah. looked. Yeah, it was a total, yeah. totally. Again, it's a visceral reaction to something that is not was not me. Right. Um, you know, and this is one of the challenges with, within a relationship. And if, if you're somebody who you struggle in your relationship with intimacy with your spouse, mm -hmm. I'd recommend them watching this video to yeah. show them um, to, to, to give them a little bit of my perspective on yeah. there because I can say that a lot of the times one of the challenges on my end is feeling like, hey, I'm not the abuser i'm not the one who did all this stuff but a lot of times it can feel like i'm being treated as i was mm -hmm. as I, as if i was that mm -hmm. person 
And, and you know, I think understanding and it, it took again years of learning in our relationship with intimacy and how to go about um, you know improving our intimate relationship when this is a part of the equation here, mm-hmm. and and knowing that it was not about me. Uh, learning to recognize when she was present yeah. as her adult self and when she was not and when she was being triggered and knowing how to, you know, back off and say, okay, this is not the right time. And, mm-hmm. you know, because when she's in her adult self, we can have a great time and be intimate. But when she is not is when she will not connect. And sometimes it's more my responsibility to recognize that because yeah. she can go into a freeze response or dissociating mm-hmm. response where she doesn't feel like she right. can and a lot of my survival was based on and well getting through it was was not saying no having an inability to assert a boundary and so i would not in that moment be able to say stop or this is not right or i'm not feeling like myself and i think that that is maybe a common thing for a lot of people if if you are that activated and maybe across the board but especially with with childhood abuse it's you are overwhelmed by a number of factors and and i'm assuming you would you know it'd be similar with with a Mm one-off rape situation and that every sexual experience after that you can be triggered and feel like you're back in that experience even though you're not consciously there but your body reacts in that way uh the way you're being triggered yeah and that's a good point on triggers you know we cannot if we can't remember an incident how can we be aware of what our triggers are. So sometimes the triggers themselves can blindside us and be harder than the um, memory itself would be because we are not sure why this red truck suddenly or the smell of coffee or stale whiskey is having such that visceral response that somebody mentioned in our nervous system because we're registering it on some level, even though we can't understand where it might be coming from in the moment. And Donna said, you know, gosh, I can relate to the non-boundary problem and not able to say no or stop. I mean, one of the things we've had to work on in our relationship is Mm -hmm. her being able to say no uh, when she doesn't want to do something mm-hmm. and it's, you know, right. triggered things in both of us, uh-huh. you know, my patterns have been triggered and all yeah. that kind of stuff. It's the uh, blessing of marriage. The blessing of marriages. <laughs> but, but, but I definitely feel like, you know, yeah. it's one of the, the wonderful things of marriage is that we're stronger now than we were 12 years ago mm-hmm. by far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think learning and practicing how you can say no mm-hmm. and, and being very conscious about that with your spouse and having them recognize when, when you're saying no and, and practicing that in small situations right. to say no so that you can right. say it in, in the bigger yeah. situations like no i don't want pizza tonight yeah because it, 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 it that might sound silly but it comes across in all areas for people who have had that boundary rupture when it's been violated the boundary has been crossed over it's really important to start asserting those in safe small ways yep yeah. and i will say talking about safe small ways of who gets the nose is one of the challenges with trauma is that you don't always feel safe saying no to other people and other boundaries. And so I end up getting the brunt of those no's or those tough situations or those mean comments. And it's not because I'm bad. It's because I'm safe because she feels more safe to say no. Yeah. Because she feels safe to say no to me or, or say something, be mad at me or something Mm -hmm. where she would never do that to anybody else. I mean, anybody who knows her says she's like the nicest person ever. I mean, she is, she's incredibly kind (laughs) and, but that's the safe zones of, okay, how can you have a person that you can practice those no's with, with to somebody else? So Mm -hmm. let's, let's jump into self-judgment and shame and we can talk a couple of minutes and then try and get into do some tapping. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think, um, 
that's self-judgment and shame is a biggie when it comes to sexual trauma, sexual abuse, irrespective of whether it's been systemic long-term or whether it was a one-off incident. It doesn't matter. It's, it, it comes into our body, our brain as I wish I'd done something different. I should have done something different. And like, as I was saying before, our nervous system doesn't know the difference between one fight, flight or freeze being better. It's interest is in survival yeah. and we are all here today we all survived whatever we experienced and so focusing in on that shame for a minute and understanding that we did what we had to do to survive even though we may not believe that right now yeah, yeah. so yeah so self-judgment and shame um i don't think i heard all of what you said because i was oh. reading the comment but <laughs> but uh it, yeah. it is such a big part of of trauma and feeling like it's your fault what happened, that you should have done something different, yeah. that, you know, if only I had screamed, if only I had fought, if only I hadn't been there, why did I go down that street? Or why did I let this happen? Or what, whatever little thing that could have been different that we then beat ourselves up on and have yeah. self-judgment and shame for years about yeah. and lock ourselves in it. And and the what really sucks about trauma, if I can say that like that, mm -hmm. is that the person that was the victim ends up being traumatized mm -hmm. for much longer than the person who attacked. You right. know, it's a it's a lifelong trauma and, and until you clear it and or even then there's just layers of, of clearing mm -hmm. it. So so yeah, let's do self-judgment right. and then maybe we can get and do some some tapping there. Yeah, that sounds good. So I'm going to leave a little bit of tapping on this and then we'll move on to other things. So just rub your palms actually, together. Yeah, why don't you we actually, so no, no, I was just going to say, why don't we get them to maybe calibrate um, yeah, with that, Yeah, that's a really good right? idea. Yeah. So just, just to get some feedback. Um, so with what you want to tap on, self-judgment, mm -hmm. shame, what do you want? Yep. Self-judgment, shame of um, whether it's just a residual feeling or about something specific. Remember, keep this in the safe zone. We're dipping our toes in here. So um you know, go as deep as you feel safe and comfortable going. So rubbing our palms together, I always like to bring that energy in and just take a nice belly breath in as deep as you can. Starting on the karate chop point, okay? Even though I'm feeling really triggered right now. I'm feeling like a number eight right now. When I think about all the shame and I feel it in my body, I accept how I'm feeling right now. And even though I'm feeling all the shame and self-judgment about what happened to me, I choose to know I'm doing my best right now. And I accept all of how I feel. And even though I'm feeling all this shame and self-judgment, I've been blaming myself. I know I'm okay anyway. And now take a deep breath and we're gonna go onto the top of the head. I like to start here, okay? All this shame on the eyebrow, all the shame in my body, on the side of the eye. I've been holding it all together under the eye. I've had to be so strong. I didn't know what else to do. 
and I thought it was all my fault. And I've been blaming myself for all this time. It feels like it's all my fault. And I've been holding it in my body. On the eyebrow point, holding it all in. On the side of the eye, all this shame. Under the eye, it's been taking me over. Under the nose and stopping me from really living my best life. On the chin point, I wonder what would happen on the collarbone, if I could breathe in a little light now. Under the arm and release just maybe 10% of this. On the top of the head, all this shame. On the eyebrow, all this self-blame and judgment. On the side of the eye, I've been beating myself up. Under the eye, giving myself such a hard time for this. Under the nose, but what if it was not my fault? On the chin, I give myself permission now. On the collarbone, to be open to the idea. Under the arm, that this was not my fault. on the top of the head and I've been blaming my, myself on the eyebrow when it was never my fault. On the side of the eye and I choose now under the eye to give myself the freedom and space under the nose to see things from a new perspective now. The chin point, I am free to see this differently now. On the collarbone, I release the shame and self-blame from my body. Under the arm, I've been holding it inside. And on the top of the head, I'm letting go of this now. On the eyebrow so that I can feel the freedom back in my life. On the side of the eye, to be free to choose. Under the eye, the life that I want and deserve. Under the nose, I wonder what that would even look like. Chin point, I don't know on the collarbone, but I give myself permission to get curious about it. Under the arm, maybe I could feel some more peace. On the top of the head, maybe I could feel some excitement or joy. On the eyebrow, but I know that as I release more of this shame, 
on the side of the eye, I allow my body to bring in more joy, more peace, more safety. Under the eye, letting go of this shame and self-blame. Under the nose, so that I can be free. On the chin point, because I'm safe here and now. On the collarbone, it was never my fault. Under the arm, I'm doing my very best. And that feels okay. And take a good deep breath in right now. Maybe move your arms and your upper body and just wiggle a bit and check back in with how you're doing right now. That's wonderful. And I think it's worth pointing out, I'm sure you say this every time when I'm watching, that even a one-point shift um, is a huge shift, mm -hmm. right? Because it all makes a difference in our nervous system. Yeah, and there's, there may be other aspects that stop it from shifting more than that, and that's that's exactly yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah, I always say, I said, don't, you know, don't say a number went down just to make me happy. I mean, if you say you went from an eight to a nine, I'm still waiting for yeah. somebody to tell me I went from an eight to a nine. They never do, but I know somebody is feeling it. And that's fine because it just fine. means something yeah. is coming up to be addressed. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And sometimes, you know, with something like this, um, it can feel like, well, I'm not, I, it's not safe to go down. Yeah. Right. And we'll do a little bit of tapping on safety, mm -hmm. but it can feel like, well, I can't go from an eight to a three because that's not safe. Yeah. Like if I do that, I'd relax or I take my guard down and that wouldn't yeah. be safe. Particularly so, with this topic. That's, particularly that's with this topic. And, one, yeah. and so sometimes you, you might feel less shame or less self-judgment, but the safety is what's holding that number up for you because you mm -hmm. don't feel safe to yeah. say that that number is lower in some way. Yeah. How many times have you beat yourself up saying, I'm not being healed enough yeah. or this isn't, not I'm not doing this fast enough, enough or yeah. I'm not, I'm somehow it's your fault that you're not yeah. healing faster yeah. or releasing faster or something like that. That was really good. So we'll do one more round of tapping to kind of close it out. Somebody had asked what your website was. I know, uh, Kathy tapping and put it in there. It mm -hmm. is Karen So mm -hmm. it's uh, nice and simple. Yeah. K A R E N ortner.com so definitely recommend that um, not only for trauma but if anybody's looking for a coach i mean i don't do one-on-one -on -one coaching yeah. anymore just because i don't have the time i do some coaching in groups with on business stuff but uh in terms of one-on-one -on -one coaching especially with trauma but really on any topic because you help the, the thing with with trauma or with any type of coach you go to is that it all these areas affect all these things affect all the areas of our life. Yeah. So if you're going to Karen to work with trauma, you're going to end up working on, uh, you know, body confidence and finances and yeah. parent stuff, like all sorts of things come up because our life is, is never just one little thing. If I fix this thing, it'll, you know, it always affects all the areas of our life and mm -hmm. trauma especially has a big impact on all the areas of our life. So let's go ahead and do some tapping on safety. So let's start off with, just well, let's take another deep breath in and breathe out and just connect with how safe are you feeling right now in this moment? And, and maybe if there's a specific area where you feel that, that when you think about your trauma or whatever's going on, you know, what does that bring up for you? How safe do you feel when you think about the traumas you've had in the past and the things that have triggered you in the past? You know, how safe do you feel on an everyday ongoing basis and just kind of connect with some of those things? Cause I know, Karen, I'm sure lowered your your 
safety triggering with the first round of tapping. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, we want to kind of connect and go, okay, well, how safe do I feel overall and how, how safe do I really feel in this moment? So, so go ahead and let's just calibrate on a, on a level of zero to 10, uh, just say out loud, I feel safe, uh, or I don't feel safe. I should say, I don't feel safe. How true for you is that from zero to 10, where 10 is you absolutely don't feel safe and zero is now you feel safe all the time. So let's go ahead and start tapping on the karate chop point. Even though I don't feel safe in my body, I acknowledge how I'm feeling. Even though I don't feel safe, because of what happened back then, I choose to breathe in this moment. Even though I don't feel safe in my body and I don't typically feel safe in my body, I acknowledge that my nervous system is trying to keep me safe. And we'll go to the eyebrow point. I'm not safe. Side of the eye. I feel like I'm never safe. Under the eye, I'm constantly vigilant. Under the nose, I haven't felt safe in years. Chin point, I haven't felt safe since this happened. Collarbone point, so I have to stay vigilant all the time. Under the arm, to keep it from happening again. Top of the head, it's not safe to feel safe. Eyebrow point, I can't be less vigilant. Side of the eye, I have to be vigilant at all times. Under the eye, but what if I could still be safe? Under the nose, even if I wasn't so vigilant. Chin point, maybe this vigilance isn't keeping me more safe. Collarbone point, like a muscle that is tense all the time. Under the arm, it can get stuck and unable to function properly. Top of the head, what if I could relax this muscle? Eyebrow point, so I could use it even better when I needed it. Side of the eye, being less vigilant doesn't mean less safe. Under the eye, but it does allow my full brain to come online. Under the nose, I choose to breathe in this moment. Chin point, to connect with my body for just a minute. 
Calum Point to let it know that it is safe. Under the arm, even if it doesn't feel that way right now. Top of the head, my body scares me at times. Eyebrow point, I feel like I can't always trust my body. Side of the eye, but it's doing the best that it can. Under the eye, my nervous system is trying to keep me safe. Under the nose, it's always been trying to keep me safe. Chin point, like a child I have to take care of. Cobble point, I choose to let it know that it's safe. Under the arm, my nervous system is safe. Top of the head, I am in control. Eyebrow point, even though it doesn't always feel that way. Side of the eye, allowing a little more safety in. Under the eye, allowing my body to breathe. Under the nose, trusting my body a little bit more. Chin point, letting it know that I am here and now. Column point, I'm safe in this moment today. Under the arm, it is not back then. Top of the head, bringing my body to the here and now. Eyebrow point, letting it know that it's safe. Side of the eye, that it can be present in this moment. Under the eye, that it can breathe. Under the nose, bringing my awareness back to the here and now. Chin point, allowing a little more safety. Column point, into my body right now. Under the arm, I'm so appreciative of my body. Top of the head and how it's trying to keep me safe. And let's stop there and take a deep breath in and breathe out. And we could have gone on so many different layers with that. Yeah. 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 What else do you have to say in, in closing today? Um, just take it slow. Break it down into small manageable pieces and don't think you've got to tackle it all in one go. And that's the biggest thing for me yeah. right now. I, I think yeah. I think trauma can be uh, a lifelong process at yeah. times, depending mm -hmm. on what level of trauma yeah. you had. Um, and it does and you have... don't have to be fully healed to have a great life. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Some, sometimes I've, I've said to her that the goal is, is not to remember everything or to release everything. The goal is to be able to be present and safe in the here and now and to be able to live your life the way you want to live it, to be able to, to, to not be held back by things. So, so yeah, 
Thank you so much for joining me, sweetie. I love <laughs> you so great. much. And I'm very grateful for you being here because I think it is it is a, an awesome topic that you're such an awesome expert with. And so I'm, I'm grateful uh, for you and for our journey together I with know. healing through trauma. And uh, yeah, thank you all so very much. <laughs> so thank you. Until next time, keep tapping.